0: Welcome to episode 83 of Crack the Customer Code, where we crack the code on how to keep your customers happy and loyal. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with my fellow code cracker, Adam Tapore.
1: I'm a code cracker. You are. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to even go there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we jump into our topic today about cause marketing and why it works, I think you have a message with a cause.
1: It has a cause, of course. So let me ask you, Jeannie, what prevents most customer-facing teams from succeeding?
0: Oh, there are so many reasons, but I bet you have the number one reason. Well, it could
1: be failure to listen to Crack the Customer Code. That could be (laughs) one of the reasons, but the other reason is a lack of effective training. Ah. CTS Service Solutions offers a half-day in-person workshop and our newly designed virtual workshop that are designed to motivate and educate your customer-facing team members using energy, excitement, and interaction our workshops help frontline teams embrace a customer-centric outlook, and then give them the skills and confidence they need to handle any service interaction. Learn more at customerhero.workshop.com. That is customerhero.workshop.com.
0: And if you would like to reach the specialized audience of customer service and customer experience leaders by being a show sponsor, you can go to crackthecustomercode.com/sponsor for full details. So, Adam, cause marketing—it's big. It's huge, as someone would say. Huge, (laughs) And we've talked about this a few times. Um, We we touched on this in our last interview with Katie Driscoll from Changing the Face of Beauty in episode 82, as well as with Shell Israel in episode 62 and some others. But we found some pretty interesting examples that go beyond the one-to-one marketing of Tom's Shoes, which a lot of our listeners might be familiar with already.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are some companies doing some amazing things. And, you know, it's always an interesting topic. You know, how much are you dedicated to the cause? How much is the cause? Should it impact profitability? So it's a really, you know, it's interesting. It's a a layered, nuanced topic and it gets really sort of there's a lot of really strong opinions on it. But I think we can all agree that when it's done well, it's so truly rewarding and so wonderful, the results you see.
0: Well, and I think it's also it's rewarding for the customers because somebody feels really good about, for instance, buying a pair of Tom's shoes, because since 2006, they've put 10 million pairs of shoes on children's feet in over 60 countries. I mean, they're doing amazing things. Now they've got a whole eyewear side of things where they've restored the sight of more than 150,000 through purchases of Tom's Eyewear. And that's because they have this one-to-one model where if I buy a pair of glasses for myself, they send one to someone who needs it, which is great. Oh, but you know, they just
1: uh, it's funny because I was just car shopping. We were just talking about offline and um, it wasn't the model I got, but one of the models at that company is they had a deal with Tom's where they're actually doing ah. uh, like you get a pair of glasses and we donate one and the whole bit. So it was really cool.
0: At the car company they yeah, were doing that? Yeah, with
1: the car off the find you the page.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. That was neat. Um, so one of the things I saw recently, which I loved, and I know you're an animal lover. Uh, so Ikea piloted this idea where they partnered with humane societies, and they did this in Tempe, Arizona, and in Singapore, where they, they found shelter dogs who needed to be adopted. And I believe they did this with cats, too, where they took pictures of them and then made life-size cutouts and actually put them into the room displays that they have at IKEA stores. So if somebody's walking through and looking at a living room set, they would also see this cutout of a dog, like sitting at the foot of the, at the foot of the couch, or maybe a cat curled up on the chair. And there, they had QR codes that you could scan and learn more about this individual dog. And so they actually ended up getting every single dog that they displayed adopted through this program. And I thought it was just such a nice idea because when you think about home and you think about looking at, you know, a living room model or a bedroom model and walking through and really picturing yourself in that environment, they took that one step further by saying, you could have a buddy. <laughs> I thought <laughs> it was really nice.
1: That is really nice. And you know, you've got me in a little bit of a moral quandary here because my experience at Ikea <laughs> – <laughs> Wasn't great. Uh, yeah, it's not, and they, they didn't struggle. They didn't do anything wrong. With it. it's just because I'm a guy and I was held captive <laughs> against my will for like 15. It literally took like 15 <laughs> minutes to get out of there. It was insane. I pretty much we got to the parking lot. I was like, here's the deal, dear. <laughs> you, you can have a husband or you can take me back to Ikea. You just decide which. That's the plan for the future. I'm never coming back.
0: You know, you're in trouble if like you're like, Where are we going? Where are we going? And she drives into the <laughs> Ikea parking lot.
1: You know, it was so bad because she was with me and I was like getting so frustrated. I was just like, I literally cannot leave this place. Like, there was no signs. You kept going, you know, circle of hell one, oh, yeah. two, three. You know, it was like something out of Dante. <laughs> And so finally we got out. But here's the thing. I love what they did with the dogs and, and the animals, excuse me, because I guess they included the cats. I'm a dog guy, but I'm, a, I'm an equal opportunity. I love animals. And it's interesting because when we, in the Katie Driscoll episode, in episode 82, I think we talked a little bit about how we empathize and how we relate to people and things and others. And that's an interesting part of how they did the life-size cutouts, mm-hmm. right? Because that's how you can humanize, for lack of a better word, a dog or a cat right. you know it's just uh, the old stalin adage you know uh, one death is a tragedy a million is a statistic mm-hmm. it has to be so ab- about the humans or the, you know the individual story and about relating to one single entity you know whether it's a human or animal that is in need and that you can empathize with so it was a brilliant idea and kudos to ikea uh for doing that and i can say that now that i've left the store <laughs>
0: <laughs> well they also they included really fun details like about the individual dogs too so when you scanned the code on the back you could see like this one is outgoing this one likes to chase the mail truck whatever but it it told you a little bit more about the individual so it's a great point point. and i think an, another example i saw recently which i thought was pretty clever and and worthwhile was brawny the paper towel company they had uh they wanted to jumpstart their sales and they were kind of stalled. And one of the things they did was they connected with the Wounded Warrior Project, which is an amazing organization that helps our service people when they come home and they have injuries and other uh, challenges. And they created this common theme of inner strength and they started talking about inner strength. And so if you purchase specially marked packages and all of those things, they donated uh, $1 to the world the Wounded Wounded Warrior Warrior. Project. And it really, uh, it worked actually. It worked not only for Brawny because they actually improved their sales, but it also worked and led to um, half a million dollars for the Wounded Warrior Project. So everybody's a winner there. And I think if you look at how we as customers interact with these things, that's what makes it kind of magical because we want to support these causes. We want to interact. And often when we're in the purchase mode, we're just not thinking like that. And it causes us this moment of possible reflection as well as feeling good when we, we walk out and we are using those paper towels because we know that it it did something for the service people. And you so, know who
1: really wants to? It's not just you and me. It is mu- it's millennials.
0: Yes, it's the, very true.
1: Yeah, they are more inclined than any previous generation to be attracted to brands or companies that have some sort of social component or yeah. charitable component. Now, what's interesting, I think, is we're, we're sort of picking out some outliers here because I actually think cause marketing across the board is a very general statement mm-hmm. is very ineffective at this point in time because every major company has their charity now. Right, and it's the ones that find a way to really make it special and to shine through and to sort of cut through the noise. Have a social component. Obviously, that IKEA example was tailor-made for social. I did. We didn't really get Mm -hmm. into that, but I I can just imagine the pictures and the cutouts and the stories of the animals. There's no way they were just doing it in store. Right, right. uh, So, and I think those are the ones that cut through because you know everybody's got a race and everybody's got a cause they do once a year. Pretty much any Fortune 500 company, any major you know, sort Mm -hmm. of national company is going to have that. So it's really how you do it. And I think how authentically you do it. And quite frankly, if you are able to market it in a way that cuts through the clutter.
0: Well, and I think so much of customer experience really does come down to communication. And that's something that people overlook. Because if you look to your point, any Fortune 500 company, they have foundations. They give away millions of dollars every year. They support wonderful causes. They have whole you know basically mid mid-sized companies running these foundations within their walls right and so they staff them and they provide and they do really great things but i know people who work in these places who don't even know that they have these foundations they they have no connection to what they're actually doing on a daily basis and how that organization is connecting to that cause and i think what these examples show is that if you if you let people in and if if you do connect the dots for them They're willing to even switch brands. They're willing to pay more. Um, Cause marketing actually has been shown that it can drive premium pricing because people will pay extra for products and services if they see that positive social impact. So I think a lot of this is about communication and about telling people this is how we're using the power that we have as a large company in a good way? And will you be a part of it? Instead of just kind of making that something off to the side that people may or may not know about.
1: Well, that's, you know, we talked earlier, I think, uh, in a previous episode about humanizing brands.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And this is one way to do it. This is one way. to. I mean, you obviously need to humanize the other parts of your experience in your organization because this is always ever a sort of a small slice. Uh, the, Mm -hmm. The Tom's example is pretty rare where it's just part of their entire fabric. Right. Uh, but yeah, you've got, it's really a way to help do that, to help um, put a human story and to create emotional connections and to do good. You know, I do believe mm-hmm. that power is... Sh- it will never always shift. I mean, some uh, the government's going to have the guns and the uh, tanks, but you know, <laughs> pa- power has shifted from government to corporations. Mm-hmm. Y- you know that ever since Rollerball came out in the nineteen seventies.
0: Wow,
1: <laughs> you know that literally. A reach. If you think about it, it was a really cheesy, pretty bad movie, but that was actually what that movie predicted. Um, but you know, it really has power has shifted a lot to corporations, and mm-hmm. while they are sort of under no obligation legally or in fact, I guess morally to do so, I think it's really important for a society and for you know, the world at large for corporations to hopefully do more of this and to take causes under their wings and make them part of the, who they are and what they do.
0: Well, and if you take that one step further, Amazon actually allows people to choose to select which charity they want to support through shopping through what they call Amazon Smile. So you can pick something like St. Jude's Children's Hospital, which is one that I like, and you know just by shopping through Amazon Smile, they're gonna donate to them. So they're actually giving some of that control to the consumers, which is another way to look at cause marketing. How can you connect people with the causes that matter to them so that they feel better about the experience with you
1: we may have to revisit that on another episode I want to do some research on that because to me just you know, this is a gut reaction this is with no uh, basis in data that seems less powerful to me and and because it might be I mean yeah. I, I'm a you and I are both Amazon addicts you know we've, mm-hmm. got, we've got our little support group and we meet every Wednesday so <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, for you, a prime supporter you know. but yeah I had no idea they did that. And I, mm-hmm. you know, sadly, uh, sadly for my budget, live on Amazon, so yeah, you yeah, know, I don't, I don't know that that is as powerful. But maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and maybe that's, uh, you know, I just didn't connect for me.
0: Well, and it could be one of those things where just based on the sheer numbers that Amazon has, uh, if one percent of the people know about it, that might be enough. <laughs>
1: Well, that's true, um, but d- but does it give you the emotional connection to the brand? Because here's right. one, here's an example, which I think is probably somewhat analogous. I I get no like the thing with IKEA that I would respond to that right, um, by a hundred percent. One, it was unique, so it caught my would have caught my attention. All that, but okay. So you get the. Would you like to round up at the mm-hmm. cash register? All right, name something that's two weeks old where you remember what cause it was yeah and what, in what company don't. it was You're right it's just and it's it's almost an annoyance to the experience I mean you don't want to look at charity as an annoyance but you know I can write a check I don't mm-hmm. need to round up it's it, it does it doesn't it doesn't achieve a lot of the other goals I mm-hmm. think to me
0: you know now that you say that I think an idea instead of doing it like at the grocery store which is where I've experienced it or some of these other places, having people round up in a restaurant for that, Would be a great idea because there are people like (laughs) my dad, who was an economics major at University of Chicago. He cannot handle not having a whole number at the end (laughs) of the meal, you know, so he will he will write in the tip with all these crazy like cents because he wants it to be zero zero, um, which I think is insane because that's way too much math after dinner. (laughs) But doing something like that in those settings could be really powerful for people who want that round number. Yeah, so maybe can. it's like we have to find the math geeks. <laughs> <laughs> we, need,
1: we need round up if you're OCD, but if not, don't worry <laughs> yeah, about <exactly>. it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Check here. <laughs> I, I,
1: yeah, I can never do that to the server. Like this, I won't say never. I've done it, but yeah. I, I, I like always feel like they're going to be like sitting there counting out forty-seven cents before they go home at like <laughs> yeah. one in the morning.
0: <laughs> they can thank my dad for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does awesome. round
0: up. I'll give him that. He does round up, but that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> it's not what I do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so what's our, what's our takeaway, Jeannie? I'm going to let you wrap this up. Tell us what we need to know about cause
0: marketing. Well, I think this comes back, again, to understanding your customers and what's important to them and tying that to your overall cause. So that's why I think the Brawny thing worked because they could tie in this inner strength idea. That's why I think the IKEA thing worked because they were tying in this idea of home and you know, creating space for yourself and your new buddy. (laughs) And I think that if you can connect those dots for your customers, it's not only a feel-good and not only something that you as a business person can feel good about, but your customers can feel more emotionally connected. And that can be very, very powerful. So I'm all for this. I think it's great. And I think we need fewer causes (laughs) in the world, but we have a lot of them. So let's support them this way.
1: Okay. So make sure your cause will resonate with your customers and... Please clearly mark your exits. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We hope you enjoyed episode 83 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes, as well as subscribe and send genie feedback at (laughs) crackthecustomercode.com.
0: I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and learn more about how to understand all your customer touch points at 360 connectcom
1: And I'm Adam Tepora. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at stick.com. And I have time to talk to you. Jeannie's busy reading all the feedback.
0: <laughs> so
1: until next time, take care of yourself
0: and take care of your customers.